Der Fußball ist zurück in der zweiten Liga. Rechte Neckfahne mit dem linken Fuß. Bringt den Ball auf den zweiten Pfosten. Tische! Tor! 1 zu 0 für den VfL Bochum. Da draußen ist der Ball frei. Und jetzt ist er drin. Jetzt ist er drin. Und die Spotzen macht das Tor. Und er ist drin. Buchmann, Buchmann, Buchmann macht das zweite Tor. Da ist das Tor. Der zählt das 2 zu 2. Drist ist wieder da. Größer ist da. Für Rausch, der setzt an zur Flanke, da kommt der Ball, Tor, 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 Welcome to the Spider Bundesliga podcast, your home for all things German second division football. I'm your host, Matthew Karic. It's a pleasure to have your company once again, and we have plenty to decipher. Of course, all the action from match day three in an action-packed weekend of football and of course we'll be looking ahead to all the action coming up this weekend we also have your fan questions which we will discuss later on in the program joining me to delve into the wonderful world of Schweizer Bundesliga football is the one and only Eva Eva how are you doing today very good how are you I'm doing great thank you uh with without further ado let's get into the action uh we'll start in Hamburg, as they took on Valfell Bochum, uh, it was a 1-0 win for Haas Val, which rockets them to the top of the table on goal difference. And it just had to be Lukas Hinterseer to score his first Schweizer Bundesliga goal in Hamburg colours against his former club. Um, Eva, this was an interesting game, but one that you probably feel Hamburg were deserved winners for. Yeah, I think so. I think Bochum was a bit too poor. I was a bit disappointed, I have to say, because I did like the performance, especially in the second half against Armenia. Uh, I thought they were really um, yeah, good moves, and um, they missed it in this game to put uh, Sever uh, Jean Vula in, in a good spot, I think. Otherwise, he's always good for a goal. Um, and in the end, Hamburg just did a bit more to actually wanting this win. I think especially after the 1-0, uh, like an hour into the game, Bochum wasn't really trying to get one, like to level in any way. They were always stopping at a certain point and that that was really disappointing. Yeah, it hasn't been an ideal start for the, um, the Ruhr Valley Club. It's um, one point from three games. They have... A massive game ahead this coming week we'll talk about later on. Um, the other thing to come out of this game, of course, is the Bakri Yatta situation. Um, they are going to be, like Nuremberg, will contest the results, um, which is most likely to go to court until this is all sorted out. Um, not an ideal situation for Hamburg, but also for Yatta, who, you know, I guess it's one of those things where you take him for his words, but there's gonna this this could get a little bit hairy going forward. Yeah, I think the problem is that nobody really knows what to do. Um, I do understand Bochum and Nuremberg in some point because they, um, yeah, they have to do it because when at the end of the season they're missing two points, for example, Nuremberg to promoted which is not happening at the moment but or not getting relegated or so and this those are the two or three points that are missing um they can be in trouble and we're speaking about if it's promotion we speak about 30 million 
for a single person because they miss to to go to court with it and on the like on the one hand i understand it but on the other hand on the moral side this is for me this is dehumanizing this this person who really wants to play football first of all um of course not everything went smoothly i don't know how much has found new but on the other hand that paper that brought that whole thing up is the build Zeitung and everyone knows this paper is not to be trusted they don't look out for human rights they don't look up for dignity and this is why it pains me a bit this is so highly in discussion relying on a build newspaper article yeah, it's not particularly good, uh, and Hamburg fans will be, all know will know well about uh, built as a site. They seem to headhunt them on a regular, so that's quite a shame. And hopefully, we can get a resolution soon. And hopefully, uh, Yatsa will be all in the clear, and it will be all good from there. Um, from Hamburg, we'll go to Stuttgart. They hosted St. Pauli. It was a two-one win for Stuttgart. They definitely didn't do it the easy way. Um, but they managed the three points. They go equal joint top with Hamburg. But of course, goal difference being the difference. Uh, Mats Daly opened the scoring on 18 minutes to really shock the masses. They took a 1-0 lead heading into half time. Beautifully well-worked corner routine for Mark Oliver Kempt to score uh, on the hour mark. And then substitute Nicolas Gonzalez got on the end of an excellent ball in by Borna Sosa to give Stuttgart all three points. An interesting game. This is one I did watch. Um... Stuttgart sat, oh, sorry, St. Pauli sat back really deep, looked to counter, and they did with success in the early 20, got the opening goal, but then they were defending for the rest of the game, and once Stuttgart got the equaliser, you always felt they were going to win it. How did, how did you see this one, Eva? Yeah, I think I was um, positively surprised at the beginning. I think, um, of course, I didn't see the game live because it was at the stadium, but... Um, I think we saw a bit difference on Pauli's side than in the yeah two or three games, if you count the Pokal as well, before. I think a better side, a bit more conscious side, but that that's always the problem if you score early in the first half and then you just rely on defending, especially when there's a whole half-time um, in front of you. You always have to look out, and Stuttgart just has the quality to always come back. Um, and I think, as, as uh, Mats Daly said, they saw a good game for for Zhang Pauli, but, yeah, it was a bit too less in the end. Maybe, like, the, the lucky charm wasn't working that day. Yeah. I, the, the gameplay was really interesting from uh, Luhu Kai, who opted to play counter, which is good. Um, because that's how teams have been able to to, to, to get results against Tim Volter coach sides. Um, but yeah, after they took the 1-0, it was just defending, 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 a couple of counters here and there. Um, and despite some ineptitude going forward from Stuttgart, especially in the final third, um, it, it only felt like a matter of time. And it didn't. And once they got the goal to equalise, it just felt St. Pauli were just holding on and... Good result for Stuttgart. They get the win. Um, St. Pauli and, and Luhukai, the pressure continues to ramp up. We'll end in Kiel. 
for our Group 1 games. Holstein Kiel hosted Karlsruhe, who were the league leaders heading into match day three. It was a win for Kiel, two goals to one. Lucas Grodzurek opened the scoring, and then Jason Lee scoring twice. He could have had three or four goals, to be truthful. Uh, a really good display from Kiel, um, especially after going a goal down. It was a good response. Um and a good win for Andre Schubert's side. Yeah, definitely. I think we saw a different Kiel than before. We did, definitely saw, especially in the second half, a different card score. I had the feeling after the 2-1, which is always a really tricky result for, for a moment, um, there was two less coming from them. I think Kiel was always near us scoring the 3-1, especially with Lee and Karlsruhe equalizing it. And yeah, they they were Karlsruhe was the better team for the first 25 minutes, I'd say something around that. But um, yeah, they, com- they, they created their own downfall because they should have hired the score sheet, but they didn't. And then Kiel is a side you have to take serious and Karlsruhe didn't do it that much. So... We have a deserved winner in the end. Yeah, they were a slow burn keel and in this game. And, and when Karlsruhe had the chance to go two up, they obviously didn't. And they were made to pay for it, as you mentioned. And good result for um, for Andre Schubert. That will be a confidence booster to get that one in the league and, and progress. Uh, whereas Karlsruhe will look to bounce back in a very tricky game, which we'll talk about later on in the program. We'll take a quick break. We'll jump to our group two games. A Bavarian derby will start us off with Greuterfurt and Jan Regensburg. Yes, and the Group 2 games begin in Furt. They hosted Regensburg. Oh boy. Uh, where do we start here? This was not a game. This is not this was not a good game of football to watch. It was box to box with not a lot going on. But it was Greuther Furt who took all three points and, and were worth it in the end. Uh, Julian Green was the goal scorer uh, 16 minutes from time. They almost had a second when uh, Branimir Hugota, who was making his Greuterfurt debut after joining from Eintracht Frankfurt, uh, but that goal was chalked off for offside with the use of the video assistant referee. Good to see that the VAR was used correctly. Um, Jan Regensburg, they were, well, there's no way to describe it, they were terrible. Um, four shots on goal for the entire game. They never looked likely. Um, and not the kind of response either that their fans would have wanted after the cup defeat to Zabrucken. Yeah, um, I have to admit, I couldn't keep watching that game, not even in, in the conference mode. Um, it was horrible, <laughs> honestly. I think we spoke about it uh, off microphone it's or off recording it's one of the worst games we've seen for uh, plenty of time I think um, the the only positive thing I think Kurgota made a really really good game um, I was although not everything worked out but for his uh, debut I really liked his playing he seems to be included in the or integrated in, in the team already very well um you could see that i think he he might be or it can be the best player food has this this season 
but from both sides, this was way too less. Um, I think they were yeah, not really knowing what expecting from the other team, but Fürth in the second half was was the better team. I think they did. It was not a goal of luck in the end. It was they were better. But yeah, for Jan, they're of course playing Armenia next. Um, they have to improve, I think, as um, our Regensburg fan Dennis said. Uh, they really like they have way too much balls that are high and long and not like reaching anything. Um, and they really have to improve that. One hundred percent. Speaking of Bielefeld, that's our next place of visit. Armenia Bielefeld hosted Erzgebirge Auer, and it was a 3-1 win for the hosts. Joachim Nilsson scoring for the second consecutive league game. A very good header from a set piece. And, of course, it had to be these two. Fabian Close and Andreas Vogelsammer getting on the score sheet. That takes their total to four goals uh, against Erzgebirge Auer. All competitions. Uh, Christoph Daffiner getting the score to 2-1, but it wasn't enough as Bielefeld get a crucial win. An hour take their first defeat of the season. And has it come without controversy? We'll get to Bielefeld in just a moment. Uh, with Daniel Meyer and Andre Meyer on a leave of absence, I guess we'll call it. Uh, not much coming out from our in terms of what's happening or what the hell is going on. Uh, either really bizarre because they've had a pretty solid start to the season and it's this has happened. Yeah, and I think everyone is really yeah, discussing this matter. Nobody really knows what is going on. So they were speaking about it's like they just get a time off because there's something in the family. But there so there were a lot of speculations, but nobody really said, Okay, our play is horrible this season. They don't they really had a good start. They just like that was their first defeat of the season against us. And like it wasn't horrible. And um, the problem is, I think, on the one hand, I I see why Auer isn't really releasing a statement saying, okay, well, they they have family problems. I do understand they, they want to keep the privacy. But on the other hand, this leads to a lot of speculations. And this, in some other way, really destroys this sense of privacy because everyone is discussing it. Is there any, like... Yeah, this or misunderstanding between the president and and the coach or something like that. And yeah, the way they said, I think they released a second statement saying every speculations or speculation that is out at the moment is wrong and will not be commentated. Well, mm. that that is weird. <laughs> yeah, not particularly ideal. Let's um, let's move on to Bielefeld then. They did what they had to do. Job done. Um, much better, I guess, than than some of the previous performances, especially defensively. Uh, they didn't give up, um, or they didn't cough up a, a lead per se. Um, how how did you see this one, Eva? Yeah, I I would totally agree. I think, especially uh, speaking about defense, uh, this is what I said before. Put Beren or even put Zalga with one of the new guys in, or new if you can call Amos Pieper new, but put them in and you. I think they need to communicate more and that's automatically why it seems to be more stable because Beren and Zalga know each other for a long time. They're like, yeah, yeah, you got this. 
Um, and you had the feeling that, especially Nielsen and Berend, they worked really, really well together. Um, with someone I really don't understand why he's still on the pitch as Florian Hartheads, though I don't really understand why Lukoki isn't playing. Of course, he's young, but he's he has more tempo. He's better in... Um, yeah, getting into duels with other players and hard heads. I just don't know what he's doing half of the time. I don't. I, I don't even know if he knows what he's doing. But yeah, and just quickly, I had the feeling like although our gut one back, they were only really dangerous dangerous when we were two goals up. So they were getting a bit awake when we were two 0 up. Then they scored and then they like just completely shut down everything in the offense until we scored the penalty. Then they were coming back. So that doesn't really work that way. So I think we you could say we're the deserved winners. 100%. And to our last group two game, which was in Wiesbaden, they hosted Hanover and it was Hanover taking their first win of the Svarte Bundesliga season. Three goals to nil. A Marvin Dukes brace and Florian Musila getting on the goals. Crucial for Marvin Dukes, who of course joined from Fortuna Dusseldorf. His first goal was quite good. Second one, quite interesting. He took the free kick, kicked it into the wall, and it was given handball when he won a penalty, to which he took and to which he scored. Um, it was a it was a better performance um, from Hanover. Um, and I won't indulge too much on on a particular player who I thought was quite impressive in his debut, which was Cedric Toykert, who's of course on loan from Schalke. Um, he was quite good, but but, but, we'll, but we'll talk about Wiesbaden. Uh, three games, three defeats, and they've given up two or more goals on all occasions. There has to be some cause for concern for Rudiger Rehm that defensively they are just not cutting it in the league. Yeah, and I think this is something we predicted, kind of. I think we said from the beginning on, Wien will struggle. And see, this is the problem Rudiger Rehm had at Armenia as well. He only like really focuses on the offense, but his defense is always a kind of struggling side and especially in the second division you that is not something that should happen to you especially when you're not able anymore to score up front um i think this was the first away win for nova in a really 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 long time but it was a deserved one and yeah it it brings a bit of calmness into the club just like getting something out for Marvin Dukes. I'm very happy he gets his finally arrived at Hanover. So, yeah, it was a good game for Hanover. That it was. And, and new signings, Janis Horn uh, from Köln also featured, played quite well. Good win for them. Uh, on to the next one. And that will lead us to our Group 3 games in just a moment. We'll start in Dresden when they hosted Heidenheim. And that opening game of the Group 3 games, Dinamo Dresden versus Heidenheim. And it was a 2-1 win for Dinamo. A vital win for them as it gets them off the foot of the table. And it was a, a really good performance from Dinamo. Really spirited and, and, and they were worth the three points for mine. Patrick Ebert's free kick on 68 minutes was spectacular. Very similar to the one that Mark Schnatterer scored 
the same time last season when they played in Dresden. Um, and Alexander Yeremayev, who I hope I've pronounced his name right. If I don't, I'll pronounce it right next time. New signing for him. He was given the start on his debut. He worked very hard. In, I was very impressed with the work rate. Very industrious. Probably could have had a couple more goals. Capped it off with a good goal anyway. Dennis Tomala scoring a penalty uh, just before the 90, but it wasn't enough for Heidenheim. Um, it's quite interesting, Eva, with Dinamo. We've been a bit up and down on them, but it was a good performance and, and, and three points they so desperately needed. Yeah, I was really impressed with their performance. I think um, they were clearly the deserved winners for me. Um, Patrick Ebert with his free kick, you spoke about it. It was, mm. yeah, it was really, really good. Uh, I think if you look at the scenes, if when he runs back to Fiel and they're just like hugging it out, <laughs> it's really nice to see. For the fans, it's really good. It's a really good sign winning at home, giving them something back. And yeah, it's, as you said, I, I probably can't, pronounce his name right either Yeremeyev I don't know um but yeah he he seemed very very integrated as well very solid performance and um I think he's really young as well Mm. but you can really see that I think he for his age he's already really clear about his play and I really like that and yeah Heidenheim I think it's now or less decided, or uh, what we said, we won't see the same Heidenheim we saw the past two seasons. And I think you could, could really see that in that game. They were, from time to time, not really sure what to do, were really unsafe and not really stable going forward. And, yeah, uh, it's it's going to be a bit tougher season for them, I, I would say. <laughs> They, they missed an X factor. That's what it felt like. They missed someone who could just take the game by the scruff of the neck. This is really 80s kind of terminology here, I guess. Um, but just take just take the game and, and try and get his team back into it. And normally we would associate that with a with a door. I'm oh, sorry, not a door. She's still there. Um, a, a Dovidan or an Andrik or um, you know, even Glatzel to an extent. Um, and it just didn't happen for them. Um, we'll see. I know it's only three games in, but it wasn't. An ideal performance for them. They play Sennhausen, of course, coming up. We'll talk about that later. Um, we'll move on to Osnabrück, the Monday night game. They hosted Darmstadt in the Battle of the Lilies, I guess you could call it. Um, wow, this game was total destruction. 4-0 for Osnabrück, and they were worth every bit of it. Absolute dominance from start to finish. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's all you can say. That's one of the better performances I've seen this season. Um, Etienne Amignado. Amignado. Jesus. My pronunciation. I do apologize. Not particularly good today. He opened the scoring on 16 minutes and then a flurry of goals. Three goals in the space of 30 minutes from Osnabrück, Kevin Volzer, Anos Ayahim, and Marcos Alvarez off the bench to give them all three points. This was just quality from from Osnabrück from start to finish, Eva, and it just the the, the look on Demetrius Gramotzis' face as the second <laughs> one went through pretty much summed up their performance. They Darmstadt were were pretty dismal. Yeah, uh, I think first of all, congrats to Osnabrück here. I think it was a really really good game. They showed everyone they really belong 
to the second division. They belong here. They bring quality into the league. And I think Darmstadt wasn't really knowing what got to them. They couldn't, yeah, they still haven't won since 1990. <laughs> so way, uh, which was actually a full one win for them. Uh, but yeah, it was disastrous from them. Um, they really have to, yeah, to, to get four goals or concede four goals against someone who just got promoted isn't really good for your team it, it isn't good for your defense or anyway they just they didn't even score the goal themselves so yeah they have to yeah get get together discuss it uh try again next week but yeah really i think we speak about osnabrück later but really good performance they had all sorts of trouble darmstadt in pretty much every aspect of the game offensively it just wasn't there but defensively, the structure was all over the place. And even when they changed the way that the formation, when uh, with Dursan going off at half time, playing Merlin as a, as a false nine, it just became way too easy for for Osnabrück just to pierce through the through the middle of the park and then expand out wide. They were stretched for good periods of the game. Very good performance from Daniel Tina's side, and a job well done. And if you didn't get to check to to watch the game, but you want to read about it. At some stage today of recording, which is a Wednesday, um, there will be a match analysis from from yours truly on that particular game and how Osnabrück (laughs) got it done in this particular fixture. We'll go to our last game of match day three, which was in Sandhausen. They hosted Der Club Nürnberg, and it was a win for Sandhausen. Three goals to two. A very good start for Sandhausen. They were two goals up after 35 minutes through goals from Mario Engels, who scored his first goal at the club, and Kevin Behrens getting his second of the season. Sebastian Kirk getting one just on the stroke of halftime. A wonderful ball from Tim, Ham- Tim Handwerker uh, to find Kirk at the back post. Askar Sorensen getting his first goal since joining from, of course, Jan Regensborg. And it was it was just a game of first, really, because it was Philip Turpitz on his Sandhausen debut giving Sandhausen all three points. Big talking point here is, of course, Nürnberg. Yikes. Not good enough. And I think their fans know it. That was not good enough. And, yeah, they're in a bit of a precarious situation heading into this week. This week's action. Yeah. Um, Nürnberg was n- not good at all. And I think no offense to Sandhausen, but there aren't the team you would say that would easily dominate a side that just got relegated from the from the Bundesliga. But it was that way. I I remember seeing that game and Nürnberg was just awful. I think that that free kick summed it up a bit. Mm. If you saw it, it just yeah, it rolls into the goal. Yeah, <laughs> like, it passes everyone. Everyone looks at the ball and it just hits it and. From Nuremberg, they really get. I'm sorry for my language, but really have to get the shit together. <laughs> this is not how you you play Zweite Bundesliga. They normally know how you should play, but they they seem to be off in every way. Even after they leveled, um, that, that was way too less coming from them. Um, they should be the dominating side in this fixture, but Sandhausen was really. 
very, very confident, um, which m you might get after certain years in Zweite Bundesliga, but nevertheless, that's no excuse how Nürnberg is playing at the moment. Um, you, you might lose against Hamburg, but losing against Sandhausen in that way when you already leveled, that shouldn't happen. I, was, I said it at the end of match day one, and I'll say it again. They look a little bit lost out there, and it's incomprehensible. They've given up seven goals in the last two league games. It's just not... That's No one expected this. No one expected it. I, I, am, I am shocked at the moment. <laughs> I, I am shocked. And I'm sure many of the pundits who picked Nürnberg in the top three... Uh, kind of thinking, what the hell is going on? It's just not how we sort of planned it. They need to figure it out, and and they they have to do it. They have to start running the gauntlet on match day four, which we'll go get to in just a moment. The tension, the drama, and the buzz, the excitement that is. Match day four is upon us as on Friday. We will start the action in hour when they host Stuttgart at the Erzgebirge Stadion. Kickoff is at 6.30pm local time. Check your local listings and guides to find where you can watch the action. They've met on two previous occasions and Stuttgart have won both those. That was back in the 2016-17 season. They won by a combined total of seven goals to nil. This is a weird top five encounter. But one nonetheless, uh, going back through the annals of history in the two occasions, the top scorers are Carlos Mane and, of course, the one and only Simon Terrora. Um, Eva, with everything that's gone on throughout the week with our, do you think that it, it, this is probably the worst time to be playing a Stuttgart side who, let's be honest, have to be a little bit better than they were last time out? Um. Yeah, it's not a good time. Um, I think everything that, as he said, is going on at the club at the moment, I don't know how the, the fans will see this whole thing at home, especially. Um, they didn't, until now, didn't really announce anyone who follows Daniel Meyer. And although Stuttgart isn't in its best place, I think they're still in a place where they can easily win this game. I honestly don't really see our winning now um i i do think they will improve in in comparison to armenia or in bielefeld but they that won't be enough to to get any points out of this yeah it doesn't come at the right time for them to for with all this off-field drama to to go on well, we don't actually really know what the hell is going on so that's it's a bit you know a bit of a stab in the dark but yeah Stuttgart, with, with the fact that they were a bit in, inept in the final third, um, I expect a much improved and polished performance, and I think they'll soundly beat Erzgebirge Auer in this one. Another one of our top ta top half, well, top four, this one is a top four, um, encounter Karlsruhe against Hamburg. That game is on Sunday, 1.30pm local time. Again, check your local listings where to watch the game. They've met on 57 previous occasions and to be honest, it is almost dead even. Karlsruhe with 18 wins. Hamburg, 19 wins, 20 draws. The last time they met was back in the 2014-15 relegation playoff. 
the second leg where Hamburg stole it late uh, 2-1 after extra time. Of course, goals from Marcelo Diaz, his free kick, prolonging, prolonging the tie. And then Nikolai Muller late in extra time, getting Hamburg, of course, keeping them up in the Bundesliga and keeping Karlsruhe then in the spider Bundesliga. Um, it is uh, Karlsruhe's first defeat of the season, of course, last time at Hamburg, were remain unbeaten and, of course, top. Um, the last time Karlsruhe defeated Hamburg in, in any play in competitive football was in the Pokal back in 2013. They won that game 4-2. Quite an interesting Sunday game and one that, I'll definitely be giving a watch. How do you see this one panning out? I think it's going to be a really, really interesting game. I think Hadro will not um, or won't yeah, give another three points to a northern side. Um, and uh, this is like with all the history you, you spoke about it, it just has like the setting for a very, very emotional game as well. Um, I'm really, really, yeah, it's hard for me to pick a winner here. Um, I actually go with the draw, but a really, really goalie draw. So something like a three-both thingy. Well, well, I mean, I'm all for a three-all draw because that would make... Um one of the games that I definitely want to have a look at in terms of analysis-wise. Um, yeah, history says that there's going to be plenty of goals in this fi- in this fixture, especially the recent games that they've played. Um, but Hamburg just feels, for me, I think they've they've, they've they've they're slowly figuring it out to which they didn't do this time last season um, against a really good Karlsruhe side who have been. You know, as advertised in many ways, should be a good game. Looking forward to it, but I think Hamburg two one. I will give this one two one to Hamburg. The last of our Group One games is in Regensburg, and they host Armenia Bielefeld. This game is on Saturday, one p.m. local time. Head to head, it is eleven meetings in total. Bielefeld have won six of those, four draws, and Regensburg the measly one. When they last played at the Continental Arena, it was a 3-0 win for Armenia Bielefeld. In fact, they swept this, this these sets of fixtures last season. Who could forget that unforgettable 5-3 match at the Elm, which was one of the more wackier games that I've ever seen. I'm not entirely sure it will ever be matched. But then again, it might be this time around. I'd like the once... The one time that Jan managed to win was back in 2017-18. They won three goals to two. Eva, this is quite interesting because we're looking at Jan Regensburg, a side that is so desperately in need of a response. And we look at Bielefeld, who are looking to build at a potential, very dark horsey type operation of potential promotion that we may be talking yeah. about. Sorry. No, you're, you're good. Um, yeah, I think it's not going to be in that easy game that might it like it might be on paper. Um, I do hope that we will not change a lot uh, from the lineup from last week, except maybe Hartels. Um But I, I have to say, really like um, Hartel. I think he really, yeah, he he's a really win for the team. And uh, I like him to play on Saturday as well. I won't see the game because I'm on vacation. Um, 
might be good. But uh, yeah, I, I think this is going to be close. I think Jan will certainly show another face, ex- uh, especially in front of their fans at home. Um, I actually see this as a draw. Yeah, no, not not a chance. It's gonna be not, it's gonna be a Bielefeld win. Um, I'm thinking three one, and the obvious goal scorers are gonna be there. Close, Vogel, Sammer, Grutner will get one for 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 Jan. You want to be more optimistic for Regensburg, but the last two performances they've dished up have been absolutely dross. Just doesn't give you the confidence that they can turn it around and. In the short term, anyway, uh, must be better, need to be better, but can't see them getting a result. We'll take a quick break. We'll go to our group two games in just a moment. We're going to start in Hanover when they host Greuterfurt. The HDI Arena will host the first of our group two outings as Hanover hosts Greuterfurt. Both teams coming off victories. Last time out, they've met on 14 previous occasions and Hanover have won nine of those. Greuterfurt three, four draws. The last time they met was back in the 2016-17 season where Greuterfurt managed to win four goals to one. Both sides, obviously, as I mentioned, coming off victories. Prior to the defeat for Hanover, they'd won six consecutive meetings and Furt have only won in Hanover on one occasion, you have to go all the way back to the 1999-2000 season where they won 2-1. History is very much against Furt in this fixture. Do you see it playing as the historians foretold or will Greuter Furt carve their own path to victory? I don't, actually. I think uh, Nova will or is keen to continue the work they they showed in Wien. Um and I think especially at home, same with some other clubs, really giving something back to, to the fans. It's not no easy time for a lot of clubs at the moment. And uh, I think Anova is always struggling a bit, uh, especially in, with their fans. So uh, they will be looking up to win this. Uh, and I actually think they will. Yeah, hard not to think, for me anyway, that they, they won't win this game. Just, just keep the same the same team. That's all you need to do. Just, just keep it as it was. Worked well, um, playing that four four two formation with Toyka and Dukes up front. Seemed to have immediate chemistry straight off the bat. And yeah, I think Hanover will win. Um, it depends really how Greuterfurt start the game for mine. I'm not sure, you know, what sort of tempo, how they're going to play. Um, and if they can create, if they can create chances against a Ron Robert Zilla, who, let's be frank, past 18 months, he's been very shaky between the sticks. Um, who knows what can happen? But I think Hanover will win. I think they were very impressive last time out, and I expect them to carry on with that form. Our next game is in Heidenheim. They host Sandhausen. That game is on Sunday, 1.30pm at local time. They've met on 24 previous occasions. Heidenheim winners of 13 of those matches. The last time these two sides met, it was a 3-2 win for Sandhausen. And not only was that game important, but it did secure their safety for the Svarta Bundesliga for another season. Boy, a Baden-Württemberg derby of massive significance both sides coming off different results. Eva, how do you see this one panning out? 
Uh, it's really, really, really difficult for me here. Um, I think Heidenheim will look up to to improve, um, but on the other hand, you have Sundhausen who just comes off of that um, three two uh, win against Nuremberg. So both sides have their uh, motivation to win. And that's why I'm actually going with a draw here. Uh, I can't really pick a winner. Both sides are, yeah, Zweite Bundesliga sides that always are good for goals, for points. But I'm not quite sure if we have a winner here. I feel like we are going to find a winner, and I think it's going to be Heidenheim. Um, Really good historical record at home against Sandhausen. I know they were beaten, of course, last time out at home. Um, but they hadn't lost them in 10 seasons. And the response, that's what we got. I'm going on here. The response, they'll be much better than they were in, in Dresden, which, which seems a bit of a lull. Um, and they'll get it together. I think they'll they'll do enough, but I think Sanhausen will be a very strong adversary in their quest for three points. Our last Group 2 game is in is. It's like Pauli, the Milan Tours, they host Holstein Kiel in a very, very feisty kind of derby. Two sides who really do not like each other one bit. That game is the Monday night fixture, 8.30pm local time. If you are in the UK or in the Republic of Ireland, our wonderful friends up there, this game will be on BT Sport 3 and BT Sport Live, 7.30pm local time for you guys. So one certainly to keep an eye on. It is the return of Andre Schubert to St. Pauli. So I guess we'll call this the Andre Schubert derby just for the name. So <laughs> he'll love that. Uh, 44 previous meetings, St. Pauli victors on 21 occasions. Don't make me laugh. You'll make, don't, don't laugh. You'll make me laugh. 11 wins for Kiel. 12 draws. We're doing really well here. The last time they met, it was a 2-1 win for Kiel. In fact, Kiel did the season sweep on them last season. If the temperature wasn't already hot, on Los Yos Luhukaya's seat. Los, interesting. Um, <laughs> then a defeat in the derby will certainly not go down well to the masses as we compose ourselves as uh, we go uncut in this particular segment. Um, Eva, do you think that Andre Schubert will get the rub of the green here and will get one over his previous club? Or do you think Yos, the boss, will finally get his first win of the season? Um, sorry, I actually go with Kiel here. Uh, for me, Zang Pauli is still the side that is not really fit for the Zweite Liga yet. Although they had a good, um, really had a good half against Stuttgart. Um, yeah, Kiel for me is just more of the winner. This this game, of course, has a lot of history. If I look back to last. It was last season or two seasons ago when I remember that there was this kind of fan clash and then it was, I think, uh, Matthias Hind who just like ran or ran towards a fan and just pushed him away. <laughs> like that was that was fun. Uh, so a lot of lot of emotional stuff going on. I think that the Millentor will yeah, will burn in some way. Um, but I don't really see uh, Ke- yeah, Zhang Pauli taking more than one point out of this. Yeah, neither do I. If I had to pick a win, it would be Kiel. But I think this game will end all square. Um, it's the intent I, from St. Pauli that I'm intrigued to watch. 
what state of mind they're going to come into this game. If they sit back and let Kill dictate, they're going to lose. They've shown that they can't hold on. I know Stuttgart is, is sort of an outlier, but they were pumped by Grotefurt at home, um, which isn't particularly great. Not not, not no, no disrespect, of course, to Grotefurt, but St. Pauli fans would be expecting them to beat beat them at home in particular. Uh, they need something. Uh, if they lose, yeah, Jos the boss should be feeling the heat if he wasn't already feeling it already. Um, we'll take our final break and we'll hit into our group three games. And of course, the fan questions. So our first group three game will be Bochum and Wiesbaden. The Ruhrstadion will host the first of our Group 3 games as Valfell Borkum host Vehen Wiesbaden. This game is on Saturday at 1pm local time. This is the first meeting competitively between the two sides, so there's not a lot to go on in terms of history. However, we are seeing two of the worst defensive sides in the league go head-to-head. Wiesbaden have given up eight goals, whereas Borkum have given up seven. So as we hope for many, many a goals in this game. It wouldn't be of any surprise when this game ends nil-nil. How do you see this one panning out, Eva? Really difficult. I think the the atmosphere at the Ruhrstadion will be a bit loaded, um, just with everything going on at the moment. Um, yeah, that of course, that, that has foul game. But on the other hand, Bochum is just our zweite Bundesliga Dino. And for that, I actually will give them the benefit of the doubt and um, say they're going to yeah, end this game with their first win. I think they're going to win as well, but I, 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 I'd be interested to see what happens if they don't win. Um, I get the feeling that maybe Robin Dutt might be under a little bit of pressure if they don't win, just a little bit. Um, they must win. That's the, that's the scenario for them. Obviously, for Wiesbaden, you know, we I think a good portion of us sold them as relegated heading into the season, and them going four straight defeats probably isn't as surprising. Um, but yeah, if if Bochum make it four games without a win, um, to start the season, eyes will roll. As a row, and and then then uh, I think Robin Dutt will be looking over his shoulder a little bit um, as the pressure ramps up. But I think they'll win. I think they'll win, and uh, they'll get their season finally off and running. Our next game is in Nuremberg as they host Osnabrück. That game is on Sunday at one thirty p.m. local time. Ten meetings previously, Nuremberg have been victors in seven of those Osnabrück twice, and the one draw. The last time the two sides met was in the Pokal last season. Nuremberg winners three goals to two. In terms of league football, this is the first time they've met since the 2008-09 season, and Osnabrück haven't won since the turn of the millennium. They've never won at the Max Morlock Stadion. And Marek Mintel, the Nuremberg legend, is the top scorer. So historically, this is a game Nuremberg should win. But the lovely thing about football, Eva, is that is that the great game is not played on paper. 
Nope. And uh, how the season is going so far for both sides, um, it's really, really difficult for me to look past Osnabrück win here, I think, especially coming off that 4-0 win. Um, they are in a much better spot. I think Nuremberg is not good at the moment. Um, and at home, um, yeah, not really good as well. So I'd go with Osnabrück really easy. I think I'll go a draw, but cautiously optimistic that Nuremberg's defence could hold this, the tables. Um, <laughs> they just have problems. What well, seems everywhere, I think the only position that seemed half-stable was between the sticks and, and Christian Matania, but yeesh, it's not good. Um, they've got real issues. But I, but I think also it's one of those things where they need time. They've got a lot of new players who have come in. Um, that need to, to, to sort of gel and, and, and get acclimatized. I'm not making an excuse for them because we expected it. We expect probably a bit too much of them. Um, but overall, they need to they need to at least provide something, uh, which they haven't done in a few of their games this season. Um, we'll wait and see. But but I think a draw. But if I had to pick a winner, I'd probably based on Monday night's performance, I'd be picking Osnabrück. But <coughs> we'll wait and see. Um, there's the cough of the Swider Bundesliga podcast. Got to love to hear that. Um, the last game of match day four, Darmstadt and Dynamo Dresden. That is the other Friday night game. They've met only on four occasions. Um, Darmstadt winners twice. One win for Dresden, one draw. Last time they met was a 2-0 win for Darmstadt. But of course, Dresden, off the hype of their good win over Heidenheim, will be feeling pretty confident um, whereas Darmstadt, of course, were absolutely dismantled at the hands of Osnabrück. Tricky game, this one for Dresden. They're not a particularly good travelling side. Um, and Darmstadt, of course, they've got a lot of injuries, as as I was alluded to, uh, looking at their squad heading into the Osnabrück game. This could be a tough game for, for either side, really, and I'm not entirely sure I can separate them. How do you see it? Well, I think, uh, first of all, Darmstadt will concentrate on defending first. I think uh, they will have a really defense-based formation going into this game um, because they will look out not conceding four goals again, especially not at home. Um, and then I think it's going to be very tough for Dresden to break through, actually. Uh, they're a completely different side than Osnabrück is. Sorry, I can't speak anymore um and yeah so for me it's really difficult here again to look past a draw i think because Dresden is motivated but won't sacrifice too much not yeah hoping to to yeah concede a goal through a counter-attack by Darmstadt for example so yeah for me it's a draw yeah, I think I'd lean towards the draw, but the response will be interesting from Darmstadt. They have to do a lot better at both ends. Um, only creating four shots on goal is not going to cut it. They were the second team to, to do so, of course. Jan Regan's walked the other one um, with their only shot on target uh, coming from a set piece, which was well saved by Niels Kerber. Need to be better, yeah. I think defensively they were all over the place. Get Just got to get the shape back. Um, and some structure because uh, it was way too easy for Osnabrück to pierce through but I think they'll be better I think they'll do a lot better than they were last time out um, but a draw as well I think this game will end all square time for the topic questions we have three of them 
today and we uh, will try and get them through swiftly and answer them to the best of course of our abilities the first one is from dave at the best 16 uh he asked only three games in what team and player are you surprised about most uh Eva, i'll start with you so uh team is probably card school for me they although they lost now but they're still really good side I, I was really surprised especially how i predicted their season to go um that that as a team and just like looking in my own city at my own club i'm really really confident with Hatter. um i think uh i wasn't really happy with him against bochum but now seeing him against our really really good and yeah i think we have a lot of fun with him for mine, it'll be Osnabrück. Again, it is particularly early to predict, um, but it's a good question, certainly one that we'd answer down the line. Um, Osnabrück for mine, and, and let's be honest, there is only one player that uh, is of the surprise to me, the one that I quite clearly bashed uh, verbally, that would be Philip Hoffman. Uh, three goals in the opening stanzas. He's looked good. Surprised he started, but he's looked very good um, with uh, Marvin Poirier up front. Yeah, that's gonna. I'll stick with those two for now, but of course that will change later on in the season, unless of course Hoffman continues to bang in the goals. Our next question is from Steel Penguin at Steel Penguin Three. It says hello everybody, keep up the great work. We will thank you for listening. Of course, one of our loyal listeners. Uh, what do you think of Harsvell under Hecking? Um, structurally they're a lot better they have an identity which they certainly didn't have not saying they didn't have it under teats but under wolf they, had, they were just so passive and defensive and they were set up not to win games um whereas hacking you know big culture shock just gone through the club and just be like we're going to do it my way um going to bring in the kinds of players that will help us win straight away um i think that they they play a better brand than they did under Wolf, and 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 they they've got there's there seems to be a, a good buzz around the club since he's he's come in, and um, I look forward to getting a better look as the season goes on. But yeah, I think they've been very solid, and and they've got the jobs done. They've won the games they've had to. Of course, the draw at Darmstadt, at home to Darmstadt match they won. Progress in the cup, all's good uh, from there. Uh, Eva, have you seen Hamburg in the early stages with? Uh, with Dieter Hecking at the helm. Yeah, I would fully agree with you. I'm Maybe it's a bit of a surprise package as well this season. Um, they're way better than last season, as you said. I, I have the feeling Hecking might actually be the right man for this season. Um, he, Everyone was, including us, was making fun of this move. But um, I actually have to revise myself. It's really good. And I'm really happy for for some of the players, not the whole club. I still don't like the club, but um, how it's going, so not bad. And yeah, it's it's good to see them getting a bit of the normal chit chatting about them out uh, out of the club. Yeah, just the yatta thing. But we will see. We will. We'll wait and see. Of course, they've got some uh, some game big games coming up before the international break. Our last question is from Five R A Seven H. Same is the Twitter handle. This is an Osnabrück related question. Do you think it's just luck in their first three games, or might it actually be a sign of their quality? 
Evil, we've watched a bit of them. Um, how have you seen their opening three games in the league as well as their cup performance against Leipzig? Uh, really tough to answer <laughs> um, because we're that early in the season and looking at the the opponents they had, a bit difficult to say anything about that. I think it's kind of both. So one part is... Yeah, a bit luck, of course. You can see that with Wien, they aren't aren't that lucky. Um, on the other hand, I think they have quality. They were the yeah the champions of the Dritte Liga last season, and that didn't came out of nowhere. Um, I do not think they will replicate what Parabon did, to be honest. But if they keep on bringing in this kind of atmosphere, the um, the whole way they're playing, they will be placed somewhere in midfield at the end of the season. It's been tricky. It's tricky because you need a bit of luck to get results. It's, um, you know, you look at a club like Bayern Munich and they've factored luck into their sort of club model as per se. Um, watching them against Darmstadt, that was no luck. That was all quality. Um Really good performances, but you look who they've played. They've played Heidenheim, uh, which they were beaten 3-1. Sandhausen away, which they beat. They won 1-0, and of course, 4-0 at Darmstadt. Uh, so they've kept two clean sheets in the league. They, were, they weren't they were particularly bad against Leipzig in the Cup, uh, against a, a Rasenball Sport. Um, they've been good. I, I've been impressed with the fact that um, Daniel Tano, of course, who is the, the first black man to coach in the top three flights of German football. I like that he's kept the system. Uh, you know, he's one of not many who play a back three in, in the, the second tier. And um, there's a good structure and understanding of what the roles are and what's required and, and, and the style of football they play. Normally you'd expect them to play on the counter attack um, and try and, exp- and play with tempo. And they do that on and off the ball. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think I think it as I agree with Eva, it's a bit of both. And you need to you need to have a bit of both. You need to have a bit of luck, but you also need the quality to come through when it when it's required. So um I think we'll get a better indication later on in the season when they play the teams like your Stuttgarts and, and your Hamburgs and um and the like, I think we might get a better picture to to, to whether it was its quality or they or they were a bit fortuitous. But definitely the Darmstadt game, that was no luck. That was that was pure pure quality at its finest form that's it for this week's edition of the Svater Bundesliga podcast we hope you enjoyed it even if there was some lollygagging from time to time a big thank you to Eva for joining me once again and until next time when we get ready to review all the action from match day four it's goodbye Mm -hmm.